Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench. Thank you for giving us your vote on this Sunday evening, and that is the last election joke I will make over the course of the next hour. Plenty to come on the show this evening. Reaction from Cork versus Down, and that great win for the Rebels today. Going to be reflecting on a fantastic one for UCC last night, and that dramatic Mark Home and uh, sideline cut. Also going to talk about the Ireland women's team, and fantastic win for them today over Wales at Energy Park in the driving rain. It looked absolutely miserable. Also on the show tonight, we're going to talk Muay Thai. Simon Morris room with us today, and we're going to talk uh, to Cork City's uh, new signing, Dylan McLeod, ahead of the start of the season happening this Friday night, Valentine's night at the Cross. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Glad you could join us on the show this evening. Rory and Tomas here with you until 7pm this evening. If you would like to get in touch, you can text us 0868104106. You can tweet us as well. At Big Red Bench is the place to do that. The storm might have cancelled a lot, a lot of fixtures today, but Tomas and Larry still got into the studio just as well. Oh yeah, look, it's not too bad out there. I don't know, they're, they're getting very soft these days, cancelling games. What was the worst weather you've played in? Because we were watching the Ireland women's game today and that looked absolutely abysmally bad and I was cold just looking at them. Yeah, that was shocking. Um, I don't think I ever played in such theming rain and, and bitterly cold rain. You could see the players like mm. literally huddling, huddling in together. Um, felt sorry for them. I guess if it wasn't a 4G pitch, the, the ref would have called it off. But um, yeah, I don't really remember... Obviously, I've played in the cold and, and rain, but nothing, nothing dangerous or nothing, nothing yeah. kind of crazy. That was that was that was that, that rain today was just absolutely something else. Fair play to them for for playing in that because it looked uh, uh, an absolute nightmare to, to play. And it was similar, uh, well, not too similar, but in, in Musgrave Park on Friday with the under twenties, the wind was swirling, the goalposts were swaying. Uh, it was hectic enough when we saw it in the, the England and Scotland match yesterday that the, the ball was just going up in the air and going backwards. It was uh, not a great weekend if you were trying to kick the ball. No, that looked terrific yesterday in, in Edinburgh. Um, to be fair, to I saw the 20s game as well and the Irish women's game today. The skill levels were actually very, very good considering mm. the conditions. Can't really say the same of the England-Scotland game. That, that, was, a, <laughs> that was a shocker. Brutal game of rugby. Um, <laughs> but look, I'm guessing they won't uh, be too concerned coming out with a win and kind of looking forward to, to the Irish game in two weeks. But yeah, fair juice to the, the Irish 20 side and, and the women's uh, side for, for kind of producing some decent rugby in conditions. Yeah, certainly. So I'll talk more rugby in a little bit. We'll hear from Irish worker Cleena Maloney, who is among the scorers uh, today. But now that's Moss going to wrap up all today's action. And in Gaelic games, Cork have made it three wins from three in Division 3 of the National Football League. Ronan McCarthy's side have beaten down in Parky Cueve. 16 points to 1-8 was the final score. Cork had ended the game with 13 players after Sean White was sent off after 55 minutes after picking up two yellow cards, while Kevin Crowley had to go off injured late on after Cork had used all their subs. In Division 1 of the Alliance Football League games, Tyrone have beaten Kerry 14 points to 13 in Eden Dork while Galway have beaten Donegal in Letterkenny, also by a single point, with the final score being 2-8 to 2-7. At Park Talton then, Mayo have beaten Mead, 1-9 to 2-5. Just on that Kerry game, David Clifford sent off today for one of one of the worst refereeing decisions I've ever seen. He was basically dragged uh, to the ground today by one of the uh, Tyrone players. Um, put him in a headlock, dragged him to the ground, um, 
the referee after consulting with his umpire saw fit to give David Clifford a yellow card he was already on a yellow so he was sent off for getting headlocked and dragged to the ground it was one of the worst refereeing decisions I think I've ever seen yeah it's kind of a bugbear of mine as well um, that look I think the instigator obviously GA typically mm. you know some fella comes over gives you a shoulder drive McDrag you to the ground and you kind of have to engage or defend yourself to an extent mm. so I think um, it's just common common team in the DA is just give two yellow cards Yeah. Um, whereas I think if we can identify the instigator of the incident yeah. you know give him the yellow card let him go off the pitch for 10 minutes mm. then I think that will dissuade it whereas you know you're just you're just picking two two guys who were involved in any altercation like if some fella comes up and hits you you have to protect yourself to an extent yeah. Clifford was just basically assaulted well <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the overly you know aggressive but he caught him in a headlock yeah, and dragged him to the ground suggestions that like you know Tyrone targeted him they were a point down and they they wanted to get him sent off so they just basically said right, who doesn't have yellow card right, go on uh, grab him and, and, and try and get him the second yellow his first one was apparently harmless as well because um, he was giving out to uh, the referee yeah. uh, for uh, a total player taking too long over free taking um, the referee says Fergal Kelly um, I can't imagine he's going to be a very popular man down in Kerry anytime soon no certainly not and I saw a bit of that game as well and a lot of he's he seemed to be um, like in constant contact with with the, the umpires and stuff, and that, that's good. But it did slow down the game, and I, I saw it kind of frustrate a lot of the Kerry players in particular when they were trying to chase the game late on. Like Paul Murphy was remonstrating at one point as well. He took about two minutes to to make up his mind what he was doing and whether Tyrone were bringing on the sub. Um, so yeah, oh, look with regards to the Clifford incident, though, it's definitely something that the GA are going to have to look at. Um, you can't just kind of just book two players for being involved in an incident. I think you have to look at who was the aggressor and who was the instigator. Yeah, certainly so. And in Division Two, Ross Common enjoyed one eight to four points victory over Clare at Doctor Hyde Park. Whether Mess Mead saw for man at ten points to eight in TG Cusick Park. The National Camogie League tie between Cork and Offaly has been postponed due to the weather. And likewise, the Red FM Division 1 Hurling League fixture between Douglas and Newton Chandram has also been called off. Ireland have made it two wins from two in the Women's Six Nations. They picked up a bonus point win over Wales in the terrible conditions in Energy Park in Donnybrook, winning 31 points to 12. Stephen Doyle was in Donnybrook. Ireland 31, Wales 12, the full-time score. And for the first time since February 2018, Ireland have recorded back-to-back Six Nations victories with a very impressive bonus point win against Wales. The Welsh meant business from the first whistle but couldn't convert their early dominance into scores. Then, on their first trip over the halfway line, Ireland got the first try of the match. Bevan Parsons burned up the wing to make it back-to-back five-pointers in the tournament for her in the 16th minute. Hooker Cleaner Maloney got the second in the 25th minute before Lauren Delaney got the third Irish try after a superb Emer Considine offload just after the half hour mark. Just one conversion kick from Claire Johan for those tries on our first international 15 start. Lauren Smith went over for the visitors to make it 17-5 at the break. The try bonus point was sealed after Linda Dugang crossed in the 41st minute for Ireland and Kyohan got the afters. Five minutes later there was another Welsh try scored by Sue and Lillycrap and converted by Robin Wilkins. Ireland's determination really paid off in the final closing minutes as they did get a penalty try to finish off the game. It's ended here. Ireland 31, Wales 12, Stephen Doyle and Energia Park. Yeah, it was a cracking one for Ireland, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic and you know some of the tries they, they scored in, in the conditions were, were mm. you know were really admirable. Um I think the first half performance they they got a flying start so um, kind of and then they obviously had to hold out with the weather but yeah tip tip it hat to them and look hopefully they can continue um, for the next few weeks mm-hmm. and in the men's competition France have beaten Italy thirty five points to twenty two 
at the Stade de France so that leaves uh, both them and Ireland on nine points mm. sitting pretty at the top of the table um, interesting kind of tough enough game for France they, they look very comfortable but still leaked, leaked quite a few tries three, three tries they leaked so there's hope for, for Ireland having to go there in the last game if if, if, they, if it's still in the mix Yeah obviously um, Ireland on an off week this week because um, the next game against England isn't until uh, the weekend after next how did you find that when you were in, in the middle of Six Nations camps Milik would you have preferred all the games to go back to back to back or were you kind of glad of a week off in the middle of it No it's nice to reset um, you know particularly the the attrition rate of, of modern day rugby um, it gives it, I suppose it gives you a mental 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 break as well which is important and often overlooked mm. and Ireland obviously you know with two victories sitting sitting pretty top of the table and it just gives them an extra bit of time for the bodies to recover and to, to mentally prepare for that the game against England obviously that's going to be a massive challenge yeah. particularly the last couple of games in England haven't gone well for Ireland so gives us as much time to prep and, and mentally prepare for that yeah um, and in the Premier League Sheffield United are up to fifth two points off fourth after the 2-1 win over Bournemouth at Bramall Lane Lee Stott was watching this one Sheffield United 2 Bournemouth 1 a late goal created by his substitutes won this for Chris Wilder after a throw in Lee Smoussey tapped the ball towards John Lundstrom in the middle of the penalty area he managed to open his body and scored with a very well placed effort the home side had equalised in first half injury time through captain Billy Sharp after Callum Wilson had put the visitors ahead full time Sheffield United 2 Bournemouth 1 and the scheduled fixture between defending champions Man City and West Ham has been proposed, postponed also due to Storm Kira. Yeah, so a very quiet weekend in the Premier League after the, uh, the mid-season break. But uh, a good win for Sheffield United today. They're certainly flying high. Cork's John Egan, of course, in the heart of that Sheffield United defence up to fifth, two points off the Premier League. And as everyone was saying on Twitter today, they're a point off safety. That was their target, 40 points safety. They've done that with almost 12 games to go. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And... West Brom have extended their lead at the top of the championship with a 2-0 will win um, at the den, the den today. They're four points clear of second place Leeds United um, with Republic of Ireland's Darrow O'Shea also scoring for the visitors. Celtic are into the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup. The Hoops have won 3-0 away to Clyde. Their award is a trip to St Johnston. Locally in the quarterfinal clash of the Munster Senior Cup between Mayfield and Cork City has been postponed due to the bad weather. The game will be rescheduled in due course. And in basketball, two games in the Women's Super League this afternoon. UCC Ambassador Glenmire, 85, Liffey Celtics, 71, and DCU Mercy, 96, Father Matthews, 71, were the scores there. In snooker, Neil Robinson and Graham Dot are going head-to-head in the World Grand Prix in Cheltenham today. At the end of the first session, Robinson leads 5-3. They'll resume this evening. Seamus Power is the only Irish interest left in the AT&T Pro-Am in Pebble Beach. He's in a tie for 44th and 4 under par, 13 shots off the lead going into the final round. Podrick Harrington and Graham McDowell did not make the cut on 2 over and 3 over respectively. Cavan's Leona Maguire finished in 7 under par in a tie for 4th in the Victoria Open in Australia earlier today. That was just one shot off South Korea. Uh, he Young Park, sorry, <laughs> good, 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 good challenge there for me. <laughs> Who won the competition after a playoff? Antrim native Stephanie Meadow finished up in a tie for twentieth and two under. Racing in Punchstone today has been cancelled due to the bad weather, and it's been rescheduled for Tuesday afternoon, February the eleventh.
Yeah, whether it's today, uh, starting playing Havoc with all the fixtures, snow on the way apparently uh, this week as well, so wrap up warming to slice pans in just in case. Uh, Cove Ramblers as well uh, have uh, tweeted us, their dugouts have been destroyed basically by Storm Kira and the fence behind them, the, 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 the dugouts have blown over, uh, they've been all broken and then the fencing behind the dugouts have... Um, being bent back and been severely damaged as well uh, so they set up a GoFundMe to, uh, to fund that you can check them out on Twitter at CoveRamblersFC uh, or at CoveRamblersFC and you can find them on the other socials as well and they'll have a link to the GoFundMe we've tweeted us out, out as well on the Big Red Bench account uh, but obviously not something that they want to have happen just before the start of the season uh, they're trying to raise 7,500 euros to replace the dugouts fix the fencing so um, it's a huge amount of money for a club like CoveRamblers so close to the start of the season as well so if you're in a position to help them out, uh, please do so. Uh, you can find the link to that GoFundMe um, on their social media page, and you can find it on our Twitter page as well at Big Red Bench. Just looking at photographs of it here, it doesn't look too pretty. Um, so hopefully, um, they can get that sorted before the the start of the first uh, division um, campaign. All right, uh, we're going to talk uh, Gaelic games, of course, as uh, Cork made it three wins from three in Division Three today, with that uh, fantastic win over Down, finishing the game with thirteen players, as Tomas mentioned. But uh, a good win for Cork, six points from their first three games. We'll discuss that in a bit. First, we're going to hear from, uh, a bit from uh, Ron McCarthy speaking afterwards. Delighted to, to get the result. Um, we didn't we didn't downplay the significance of the game. I suppose to the players, um, you know, we felt that. If we could win today, it really puts us in pole position, um, you know, for the remainder of the league. So, uh, I suppose having bigged up the game beforehand, you know, I'm not going to sit here afterwards and say that it's not important, um, you know, and a, and a crucial victory really against, um, you know, against a good side that you know played really well against Derry last week. Above had come from behind um, to win, um, so you know, a, a good professional performance. I would have thought, you know, a controlled performance, uh, particularly in the first half where don't just against the wind literally just put 15 men behind the ball inside the row 65 and you know we, we were good and controlled we were patient um, we waited for our openings and, and you know and were 8 well worth the 8-2 the half time advantage um, you know they didn't, they didn't score for 30 minutes um, in the first half you know and against any side um, you know that's good going so you know, as I say we did you know we did emphasise the players importance of the game and, and we got a result and I suppose we got it comfortably enough Jelly yeah. six was enough at half time, given the, the elements? Yeah, I, beca- because I suppose the fact that we were ahead really was the key thing because, you know, Dom were going to have to come, come out and chase the game. Um, so, you know, paradoxically, it was probably going to be easier for us to play in the second half against the win because there was going to be more openings. They took off the sweeper at half time um, as well, um, which, which obviously helped also. And I think we had three points. You know, they only scored two in the first half. We had three. I think we had the first five, six minutes of the second half up on the board. And um, so overall, you know, the way with the running we have in the team and the energy and the way we get forward and support, you know, playing against the wind is never going to be um, a burden for us, really. And, um, you know, and that's the way it transpired. 11 different scores. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't know. Um, I, I suppose what I was happy with today was... Look, Cahill, you know, we said Damien Gore had a tough, tough day the first day against Offaly. You know, much better today. Kicked one cracking score, actually, um, where he dummied and, and, and kicked a beauty. But better today, Cahill, you know, you saw flashes of, of, you know, the brilliant player he's going to be. You know, in one incredible score in the second half against the wind. Um, you know, it looks easy, but um, a stunning score. And having missed, you know, one or two in the first half, 
Um, you know, it was great to see that. So he's he's developed really well, you know, and he's got stronger as the games have gone on. Um, so as I say, Dame did well, and you know, and we weren't shy either. Look, we took Kieran off, we took Rory off, um, you know, we we took some of our big hitters off. Um, you know, they were a bit just maybe a bit under par today relative to the other games, and we didn't hang around, and you know, I still got people in. So overall, you know, a great day in the office. Um, apart from the um, injury to Kevin Crowley. Shoulder again, is it? Shoulder again, yeah, it looks like it's a shoulder again. Um, it's a lot of discomfort, so we're not, we're not that hopeful, but we'll see. Would you like to have seen a few more goal opportunities? I, I don't, I'd be critical of the fact that you know I wasn't too sure how good a chance Kieran's one in the first half was. It's tight enough, I them. Yeah, yeah. I, tight enough, so I was far away from that. Cullum's obviously, you know, he felt Cullum McCann, he felt the goal was on. We probably, you know, should take the score there, and obviously Kean. And Luke, there, you know, just uh, you know, wires crossed and, uh, and all that, um, and all those little you attack on a, a score, there it makes the game easier again, you know. Um, obviously, we conceded uh, again. You know, you're kind of unsighted on that goal. Um, it looked a poor enough goal, you know, the one we conceded. But we went up to pitch again. I thought Ian, Ian did really well there to kind of lead us home when you know I suppose there was a bit of um, a bit of doubt when they got the goal. I think it brought them back to five, and there was still plenty of time. You know, there was still. I think six minutes and injury time to go, so um, I thought we responded well to that. So, as I said, overall a good, a good professional performance. Um, they're a difficult team to play against, and you know I thought we did it as well as, as anyone could. And you didn't look too panicked down to fourteen and then thirteen. No, we didn't. And and you know to be fair, um, to be fair, you know you're seeing a lot of, you know I think you're seeing a lot in the team of of Keane's coaching, and you know he's great at, uh, you know I suppose getting the players to play different scenarios in training and, and you know it's that scenarios they've come across and they know what to do and how to see it out and um, I, I, look I thought Ian laid well there and that um, you know this was about hanging on with 13 keep pressing the ball keep forcing take shots under pressure you know and if we could break out break out um, and uh, I, I thought we did, did that well which was I suppose a more mature aspect of the performance maybe relative to previous years. And you yeah. be hoping to be back for a four for the McCollins or James Ockley? Yeah, we're, look, I suppose we're at a point now where, um, where we are uh, going to be, I suppose, cutting the panel for the next week. We have everyone back you now, really. Um, we have no injuries as such. Um, obviously, the, Kevin Crowley was into the mix there. But we're, we're nearly at, 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 you know, we nearly have everyone back. Um, and certainly within the next two weeks, you know, Brian Hurley will be back, Mark Collins. Um, James Lockery, you know, should all should all be in the mix. So, unfortunately, we're at a point where you know we have, we have to cut back um, slightly on our panel again, and um, and we'll be doing that next week. Yeah, it's Cork boss Sean McCarthy there speaking after the win over Down today. Three wins now from three for the Rebels to start the Division 3 campaign. I don't think uh, Roland could be happier with the way things have gone. Six points, can't uh, can't uh, say much, too much more about that, I guess. Yeah, look, he's kind of already starting to think about the makeup of his panel for the, for the championship, really, mm. and that's going to be... I guess a difficult um, cut for them to make. Um, you know, they've given. A, to be fair, they've given a lot of guys a run and are, seem to be trying to experiment as much as possible. So, be very interesting to see how who gets left out of that and um, I suppose how they progress towards the championship year. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of interesting point there that I kind of took from that interview as well was, um, you know, he was asked about their goal chance and the goal they conceded, and he said didn't really have a great view of either. Yeah. 
think you know seeing Jay managers on the line actually on the sidelines you don't you like in rugby they're, yeah. they're up in the stand and even Davy Fitz when he got the suspension yeah, he stayed in yeah. the stand so I don't know they might have guys up in the stand but I think from my point of view watching games and if I was trying to make changes I think uh, a lot more GA managers might look at going up to the stand and actually kind of getting a better overview of the games mm. yeah it's not a bad idea actually because especially the GA pitch is so big so wide and maybe yeah. get a better view and kind of see things going on but I'd imagine they do have someone up there don't they yeah but, you know if if if, I, if you're your top, if, if you're in charge of a team, mm. you're essentially your head's on the on, on the block. Um, I kind of want to make my own decisions and look, obviously, be advised as well by your yeah. selectors and 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 the other coaching staff. Um, and definitely from from experience, so look, I've been down on the on the bench, been part of a team mm. whereby you're stuck literally on the ground and you, you find it hard to see the flow of a game. Yeah. Whereas if the subs bench is a bit into the stand, you, you automatically see where the space is, see where teams are attacking you, whatever. And similar in GA from watching matches, it's a lot easier to, to get a view of the game, where the space may be, where they're putting their extra man or whatever it might be. So um, just food for thought, if, if I was coaching a team, I'd like to get as much of a, of, yeah. a, of, a, of a vantage point as possible. But look, that's down to personal preference, I guess. All right, we're going to stick out with Gaelic Games and uh, UCC booking their place in the Fitzgibbon Cup last night. Dramatic, dramatic circumstances. This is brilliant. The Mark Holman sideline cut five minutes into injury time, so college defeat DCU 18 points to 17 to keep their title defence alive and the hunt for title number 40. They now face IT Carroll on Wednesday in the final. They had a comfortable win over Mary Mackler College, 5 14 to 15 points. Now, Oshin Langan caught up with Mark Holman on the Electric Garden live stream after the game. Coleman, the man of the moment, Mark Coleman, UCC, back in the electric car in Fitzgibbon Cup final. You're going for yet another title, but the takeaway from this game will be your point at the end from that line ball. Talk us through it. Um, I don't know, it's, it's a bit vague even at the moment, but uh, yeah, I suppose we did very well to kind of get ourselves back into the game. We kind of had a job with a good hold in the first half, and they came back in. They kind of pulled ahead a few points in the second half, and. Uh, so we pulled ourselves back into it thank God just to give me that kind of opportunity at the end and uh, I suppose it was just a bit lucky in the end you know if you ask me to do it another time I wouldn't get it in 100 shots so I was just yeah, normally I'd believe someone when they said that but I think you'd probably nail 7 out of 10 I mean how much work do you put into line balls because it's, it's very obvious it's a real skill of yours it's something that you're really expert at um, well I suppose it's not something I practice usually it's just once you have the technique it's just a matter of t- topping up in it this time of year I probably haven't hit much of them at all so I was surprised it even got off the ground to be honest so uh, <laughs> I was happy enough yeah you're modest I'll give you that talk to me about the emotion at the end the full time whistle and the reaction because I think it's fair to say you were behind for most of the second half and it didn't look good at times yeah definitely not but um, I suppose we just tried to stick to our game plan really that, that's, that's really when, when things were going bad for us that kind of hit something to fall back on and thankfully it pulled us back into the game but uh, you know, it was very similar to last year a tough game really went down to the wire again so we're just delighted to come up on top again you're back here I think on Wednesday night for the final against IT Carlo that will be a tough one definitely we expect more of the same as uh, tonight so just about recovery you know getting right it's a quick turnaround so uh, just try and get right for that and we'll again go at it again trying to retain the title yeah, that's Mark Holman there speaking after uh, their win last night over uh, DCU and that was uh, him talking to Washington Langan on the Electric Ireland live stream after the game that was one of the most sensational scores I think I've seen in a long long time to do that into like four minutes into to extra time into that wind with that, 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 that it was just breezing swirling everywhere such a hard skill to do to get it over the bar on a perfect day let alone in conditions like that that was sensational 
It was good, but it wasn't. Uh, they're not to justify Yoshi Langan getting so excited in the in the, in the after match interview. God, I, he was like a, he was a kid at Christmas. He was so excited, <laughs> but that was an unbelievable piece of skill from Coleman. Um, and like like Goshin mentioned, like he's done that before. Yeah. Um, so it, like, and he's obviously been modest, um, like most GL ads are. Um, he's a fantastic piece of skill but like you said game on the line um, difficult conditions whatever 50, 60 yards out mm-hmm. um, straight straight, straight through the sticks yeah it was unbelievable piece Russian of skill. got excited in the commentary as well we're going to play, play the commentary the sideline cup this is like trying to nail a putt to win the Masters but from the bunker <laughs> Shane Larry would fancy it Mark Coleman Gets the height, gets the elevation, gets the point. Mark Coleman, in the most dramatic of circumstances, has likely sealed UCC's spot in the final. Will Fergal Horgan get DCU Dunkers here in one last chance? Yeah, he certainly enjoyed that, didn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. To be fair, like oh, I feel like I need to up my game here to start <laughs> shouting into the mic or something. Yeah, I get uh, Oshin <laughs> to give you some motivational speeches there. Now you'll be glad. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, rugby and that fantastic win for Ireland today over Wales. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. All right, glad you joined us on The Big Red Bench this evening. Uh, it's uh, Rory and Tomas here with you until 7pm this evening, every Saturday and Sunday, right here on Cork's Red FM going to talk rugby and uh, Ireland's fantastic win over Wales today at Energy Park 31-12 was how that finished uh, in Donnybrook this afternoon it's their second win two wins from two now for Adam Griggs' side after that win over Wales today Bevan Parsons Cleanham Maloney Lauren Delaney Linda Zhugang with all going over the line and there's a penalty try right at the end as well going to hear now from uh, one of the try scorers Cleanham Maloney speaking after today's win Now, Irish Hooker, player of the match, Cleena Maloney, um, you must be really buzzing after that game. Yeah, um, geez, it was touch and go for a while and the weather came down on top of us and stuff like that, but um, we did make our mistakes, but we, I think it was more about how we kind of came back from them and how we dealt with them, dealt with them and the weather. Um, but yeah, absolutely delighted and glad we have a week off next week too to just take a break and take a break mentally from preparing for competition, but you know, knowing that we've got England the week after, have a chance to recoup and get everything back together and organise ourselves would be really important I have to say I thought the first 15 minutes was very impressive because you really had to you know you came under a real pressure from the Welsh team that opening 15 minutes and you couldn't even really get out of your own half but to leave them scoreless after all that pressure was really really it must have been a, I suppose a huge morale boost for the, the team yeah absolutely defence is something that we've been working working hard on um, we've got a new defence coach in Kieran Hallett and he's been doing great things with us so it's all about process and if we stick to our process we know we'll end up coming out with a result so um, that was the most important thing for us and then I guess after that where we've lacked kind of clarity before is once we get inside the 22 we've got to dot the ball down you know once we get into the scoring zone we've got to we've got to get scores on the board so we're able to do that now too not every time but we're getting there so it's, it's important That first try from Bevan Parsons was assisted a bit by the wind um, how much of a factor was the conditions out there today? Huge uh, not so much in the first half like the wind was still annoying but we could deal with that uh, it was when the hail and the driving rain and that kind of came and people started to get cold the ball was slippy um, tested all of the concentration tested all of our phase play tested everything that we could ever ever think about um, it was it was very very difficult what about that try from Bevan like that's her 
back-to-back games now she's scored tries in, still only 18, still doing her leaving start. It's been an incredible start to the tournament for her. Yeah, and no problems, like, not a fear in her. She's uh, well able to go. She knows her rugby inside out. No, it's not cockiness, it's confidence in that she knows her role and, and she's very good at what she does and she knows that she's a great little girl. There's a couple of them there, uh, Judy Bobbitt, Darcy Wall, Bevan. There's a few more as well coming through with the minute, but, like, it, 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 it drives us on as the people have been around for a few years. You see the younger girls coming in and ready to go off the mark. No, no problem at all. And I know hookers might be known for their pace cleaning, but you saw that gap for your own try as well. And there was no stopping you once you got through there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the hookers meant to be the fourth back row, so um, <laughs> I have to be able to take the space when Senny makes a break like that. Um, no, Senny put me away, and if I didn't finish it now, I would have been very disappointed. But uh, yeah, it was just good phase play that led to led to the break. And lucky to be the one on the end of it. And seeing that bonus point was really important and to do it immediately after the restart was crucial as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, um, we... We've had an issue with finishing games before, particularly against Wales. Like we let it slip, we let it slip last November, and we knew they'd be coming here and coming here hard. They've got a big pack; they're quite dogged. And if there's anyone that's going to come at you in a fight like that, it will be it will be Wales. Um, so it's very important for us to, to kind of right the wrongs of the last few times we've met them. Um, it's been building up a, go, a good rivalry between those two teams now, but uh, delighted to get the win. And is that the same reason why you were determined to get that final try at the end as well? Because you could have easily just played for the full-time whistle but you seem determined to get that fifth try yeah absolutely we have to finish it out um, you know it's always working on process always working on process if we were points down we'd be doing the exact same thing so we don't change what we do um, we stick to our process and that will hopefully give us the results and as you alluded to England in two weeks time you have a nice break before that but even better to go in there back to back wins I suppose it's daunting to face England at any stage but with two wins under your belt you've got to feel confident going over there yeah, I probably use the wrong terminology in break. Uh, we will yeah. train. We'll be in Dublin next weekend and we will train, but as in a break from competition so that we can kind of gather ourselves a little bit and get, get all of our ducks in a row for England because that will be a test and it's always a test at home or away. Yeah, it's Cleena Maloney there, Irish hooker. She was the player of the match in today's win. 31-12 over Wales. They're going quite well, the, the Irish women's team. That's two good wins now in the space of two weeks. As Cleena mentioned, she's glad of the break even though as she was keen to, keen to clarify, it is not a break. Uh, but she's glad of the break from competition but that win today would have taken an awful lot out of them especially in those conditions yeah absolutely and I think the style of rugby they're, they're trying to prement is encouraging like Bevan Parsons try I know she was mentioned there in the interview mm. she's only 18 but like Jacob Stockdale-esque like it was yeah. amazing she caught a cracker last week caught a ball yeah. and, and stepped two and then finished with her pace and yeah like last week she's you know gone back to back weeks now with great very important tries so um, <clears throat> you know seeing athletes like that coming into this Irish team and I suppose the likes of uh, Nupu in the, in the centre you know an old head there to, mm. to gel it together so uh, I think they're making good progress after I guess a tough few years um, for the women's team uh, looks like they're, they're definitely going in the right direction Yeah and a big step up now is they face England in two weeks as well Yeah absolutely you know they kind of have always been the, particularly in our hemisphere the the kind of trendsetters in, yeah. in women's rugby um, and would always be leading uh, top two in the world at least um, very physical um, you know when I remember going over as a as a schoolboy to Irish schoolboy to England and you know I was only starting to be exposed mm-hmm. to, to professional rugby and rugby itself was only starting to become professional but you know they had kind of had, had just the remnants of, of women's rugby teams there starting yeah. to become semi-pro as well so there was light years ahead of, of where the, the Irish girls girls are at and it's great to see that the Irish girls have, have caught up and are bringing really talented players into the game and I guess bad news from GA point of view but a lot of, <laughs> a lot of girls who have serious talent in the GA ranks yeah. are going to, to rugby now and obviously the AFL as well Yeah, 
with a great win for Ireland today. Congratulations uh, to them. And uh, we'll say enjoy the break because the cleaner cleaned up <laughs> under there. It is certainly, yeah. certainly yeah. not a break. Alright, we're going to talk uh, Muay Thai now and uh, Simon Wires holding their second ever Rumble at the Rockies show next week. Uh, some top class fights on the card of Black Rock Hurling Club next Saturday night. Now, three of the fighters on the card calling to me earlier today Owen McCarthy, Aaron McGee, and Finn Keating, who headlines tonight as he fights for an Irish title. Alright, lads, uh, thanks very much for coming in first off. Mac, I might start with yourself. Uh, Rumble at the Rockies coming up uh, next uh, Saturday. Black Rock Hurling Club, uh, I suppose, always a, a big card and a big night for, for you as a club, I suppose. Um, yeah, thanks so much for having us in, Roddy. Again, uh, I was great being in. Yeah, um, like we starting off here first, Merrin's first show of the year, Rumble at the Rockies. We have 15 big fights on. Uh, starting off a few uh, local domestic amateur fights over there, We're moving into C, B class, and then A class. We have a few lads fighting, uh, Finky and Headline with the Irish title. Um, it's going to be like, it's sort of only second time going out to the Rumble at the Rockies in Black Rock. Um, it's like the, the old school Silver Springs ones that we used to have. Mm. A great atmosphere and all that and everything, everything boxing close with the, the ring and people in there. It's a great shot and really looking forward to it. Now, lads, this is the first time you've been in here. So, Finn, you might tell us, I suppose, a bit of your, your background in the sport, how you got started. No matter. Uh, started in 2014, training with Martin Horgan, Simon Morris Cork, and um, progressing through the years now to my finally get my chance to fight for an Irish title, headlining the show in uh, Rumble at the Rockies now on Saturday. So, it's going to be a highly aggressive, highly aggressive fight. It's going to be coming from from the start and uh, hopefully get to stoppage early mm. so how many fights have you had so far uh, this is my 26th fight now yeah so, so you've been busy so over the last four busy, years busy yeah. uh, so it's my first fight of the year so going to be looking to make a statement and mm. show everyone why I'm the number one fighter what, what was it about Muay Thai then that you kind of stuck with you and why did you stick at it then I don't know really I kind of was involved in MMA and stuff like that and I was trying out everything I was doing a bit of everything really mm. Uh, martial arts wise and I just stuck with the Thai boxing I just found it the most entertaining to watch and to do so mm. Aaron tell me a bit about your history in the sport and, and how you got started uh, I started I started a good while ago I, I don't forget how long I was up Baron Coddick first with Seamus Gorgon and John yeah. Teddy and uh, we closed down there a few years ago so then I went up to Martin training with the boys like mm. and I suppose Simon Warriors is kind of renowned as like probably the best Muay Thai gym in the country as well yeah, biggest country or biggest gym in the country. Like, and I just asked my trainers as well, and they said mm. best option for me. So, how many fights have you had now, Ireland? <laughs> about twenty or something like that as well. <laughs> and what is it about Thai boxing then that kind of sticks with you, and why does it resonate with you? I like, I love the training. I love training and uh, just the discipline of it. And mm. I just, I like feeling good about training and that. Like, Mac, you've been around a while in this game. You've seen a lot of fighters come and go. Describe the two lads to me and what they're like. They're on seal, you know what I mean? They, 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 are, they say in the thing, like the, the lads train hard, they put everything in, they leave everything in the ring, you know what I mean? Maron um, says it, like, so when it comes to the corner in between fights and stuff like that, and you need to tell lads what to do, the lads, they're like a sponge, they soak up everything they're told, go straight out and do what they're told, straight mm-hmm. away, not a problem to them, you know what I mean? They're hard working, like Aaron was saying there, they're disciplined, like since they came up, like Finn's been up with us since he was a young fella, really started. Aaron started out with Seamus and John out in Spartan. And like, we always watched uh, watched Aaron fight since he was a young fella himself from Rashford's even fought a few years back as well, you know, uh, you know. And like they're the best of friends now, always going to each other, but they're 
when it comes to their fighting they're solid out they give 100% for everything and like once you see them in the ring you know yourself you know you're in for a show just with these lads alone in mind everybody else is going to be on the card like. I suppose for yourself as well you seeing the next generation come up as well helping them must be particularly pleasing yeah, that's the way I say I'm old, is it? We leave it at that. No, I just, we have a lot of good talent coming in through the ranks there now at the moment already. It is. There's no doubt there. Um, like between the two wise, we have Finn, we have Aaron, we have uh, like Daniil, Dean, a lot of lads fighting on the show, and there's a lot of other lads like um, Nassim's fighting another Civil Series title, uh, the, smile, the Smile Assassin, we call Nassim. Like, you know, he's smiling in your face while he's punching the head off. You have Colin Tobin, Dean, Rob, a lot of lads that are going to be on the show. Like, there's going to be a really talented card, I'm really looking forward to lads from up and down the country as well. Trent, who are you fighting now in, in, in Saturday? I'm fighting Philip Nee from Hiver Mai Thai. Mm. He's a fast starter so he'll be trying to take me out early on yeah. so it's my job to be sharp and put manners on him early on in the fight so you've obviously seen him, you've seen him fight before obviously so I've seen him fight alright a few times alright he's been around a lot longer than I have mm. so uh, I'm training hard at the minute like training every day people don't see the dedication really that goes mm. into you know for all of us you know it's six days a week you know and then you have to make the whale as well so it's a lot of uh, it takes up a lot of your time fighting um, going in for an Irish title as well that's obviously a new experience for you I mean does that add any added pressure or does it even matter um, I don't. I wouldn't say it's add any added pressure but you know it's obviously great to be fighting my first full A class fight mm. so it's five trimming rounds and full tie rules mm. so there's elbows and everything like so um, is yeah, this your no, first time doing full tie rules it's my so first time doing full tie rules yeah but look obviously it's a fight you know I've been in there before so going to just go and do my thing and um it's going to be a busy few weeks for me because three weeks afterwards I'm fighting on Capital One Lion Fight in Dublin Martin mm. Horgan's other show and uh, I'm fighting on live on CBS Sports That's, yeah. for another Irish title at 59 kilos so it's going to be a busy few weeks for me and hopefully get the year started off to a good start mm, Certainly. So Aaron who are you fighting now next Saturday? Uh, I'm fighting uh, Owen Lado from Dublin same, same camp as uh, Mac mm. so a good camp like he's a good young fella he's coming up now he beat a couple of fellas mm. so they want to fight me you know like yeah have you seen him fight before I seen him fight there once last year he was mm. good nice style he'd be slick like you know he'd be good at pulling back now and mm. nice kicks and stuff like that like mm. Aaron how would you describe yourself as a fighter in your style like probably a bit like him as well I like to I like to kick and uh I've good not Thai style. I've been to Thailand a couple of times then as well, so I love uh, clinching as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's a thing; it's not done as often here. Like when you're out there, you'll be clinching hours every day. Like so, mm. I just I love that as well. Like. Yeah, obviously, goes Thailand to train is a kind of the epitome, I suppose, of the top level. I mean, like, how did you find that experience? And it's different, all right. Like I. I went to like an all all kind of school place like there's nothing around like nothing to do you're just completely isolated training all of the time like mm. but I loved it as well like Mark who are you fighting next week? Uh, like Aaron was saying there uh, I'm fighting Craig Nolan and uh, two lads from GSU in Dublin mm. um, run by Rob Carey um, they're uh, big up and coming gym big stars and everything in it as well and saying oh, all are very talented lad that, um, that Aaron's going to be fighting I'm fighting Craig Nolan he's on a big winning streak from last year mm. young fella he's already 20 he's good big talent that's coming through the ranks like, they're, like, everywhere in Ireland these days has a, their gyms are full of lads coming in and they want to go like um, Really looking forward to getting in there. I know my experience and the way I like to fight and all that's really going to push mm-hmm. through. 
So I can't wait for it. Since we last spoke, you've become a father. Congratulations <laughs> on that as well. Thanks very much. But um, does that give you kind of extra motivation, kind of going into fights now that yeah, you're, you're fighting for your daughter? Yeah, in the house there now <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> and uh, the next day I've brought a few pictures to show her and I land mm. in a few hours. I just went daddy used to and stuff like that and everything. Yeah, they're the other babies after mine. <laughs> All right, lads. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure having you and thanks very much for coming in to us from Little Rockies happening next Saturday night. Thanks very much, Rory. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Rory. Yeah, and thanks to Owen McCarthy, Aaron McGahey and Finn Keating from Simars for popping in today. It's happening next Saturday night at Black Rock Hurling Club, uh, which will be a cracking night. Have you ever gone to a Muay Thai fight night, Tomas? I haven't. Uh, I'd be tempted now after sure. listening to the lads there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's serious discipline, serious skill set. Yeah. Um, obviously, pretty violent too at times, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do I do have massive respect for for the lads there and, and fighters in general um, just the discipline they have and the, the skill set they have as well yeah. so I think I might if I don't know what I'm doing next Saturday night <laughs> but uh, I'll see you know I'll have a chat with Julie and yeah. see I don't think she'd be keen on it <laughs> she probably wouldn't let me bring the two smallies like, um, but um, yeah I think I might pop down yeah it's going to be a, a cracking night so best luck to all the fighters on the card uh, next Saturday evening uh, Ryan Sheehan also popped into studio today um, he's fighting in Dublin on the Capital One show in a couple of weeks time so um, we'll play that interview uh, a bit closer to the fight but great to talk to Ryan as well as uh, he goes in search of a WBC title belt in Dublin a big step up for uh, for Ryan but I'm um no doubt whatsoever that he is well able for it alright um, uh, speaking of BlackRock the launch of the Red FM Hurling Leagues took place in our studios on Thursday night there's plenty of player audio on our website uh, go to redfm.ie forward slash sport for that uh, of course the league was due to get underway today but Douglas Newton Shannon was postponed because of the weather uh, BlackRock are the reigning Division 1 champions and I spoke to Rockies forward Michael O'Halloran ahead of their opening game away to Sarsfields on Thursday yeah it was good in fairness we played uh, the Bears in the semi-final it went to extra time um, it was a good game pocket ball between us and then following week then we played Sars in the final um, there's a good run of games in the summer which is good it was well organised last year and it's finishing the summer so it was good for us but then two weeks later we got knocked out of the championship so mm-hmm. you know, uh, but we'll be looking to play well again in the league this year so yeah, certainly so um, the league I suppose obviously it's a great preparation for the championship and I suppose teams are re- uh, really kind of taking it up a level over the last couple of years yeah definitely I suppose it's a run of games in the summer and um, I think it was changed last year the structure so a lot of games in the summer um, and fellas are well focused and I suppose some fellas going away on J1s but mm-hmm. competitive league games as well so um yeah, it's been very good the last few years. Would you have had many fellas gone in J1s now last year? Or, uh, not or, last or even year, this year? I think a few this year, all right. So, yeah. But um, uh, we'll be grand now. Hopefully we get a few lads from the intermediates who won the Intermediate Championship last year. So a few of them hopefully break through and the under-21s were very good as well this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of competition, I suppose, for places as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're out again now next Thursday, so looking forward to a competitive yeah. game early on? Yeah, good to get the ground running, I suppose, against Sars. Um know what you're going to expect from them um, we haven't much done but mm. we'll, um, we'll start get going now and start getting a few games so it'll be good to get the games in yeah I suppose championship's still two months away so yeah perfect but it comes per- around quick enough yeah. you know so um, playing April 17th against Aaron's own so we want to get a good bank preparation in now before that so that starts next Thursday in Sars so it'll be a good year now for BlackRock what's the target uh, target is always the same um, <laughs> but I suppose hopefully we can kick on now with the intermediate they were very good in fairness uh, and in the final so hopefully we'll get a few of those lads and one game at a time I suppose yeah that's uh, Michael O'Halloran Blackrock forward there they're the reigning uh, Red FM Division 1 Hurling League champions after uh, last year so uh, best luck to all the clubs involved in the uh, the five Red FM um, Hurling Leagues 
uh, this year was especially great. Aaron's on especially Aaron's on we've an Aaron's on man sitting in here next to us um, Talk, they're talking about uh, lads going away on J1s that's the reason I retired uh, <laughs> like you're dealing with lads who are 1920 tearing around the place and, and you're like mid-30s struggling to get out of bed so um, yeah that kind of hits home why, uh, how things have changed I still yeah. think you'll end up playing hurling this year I won't yeah. you haven't seen me play in the last few years <laughs> in my head I, I'd love to but I'm not good enough anymore no you'll be sitting there now and one of the lads go come on out train with us now Tuesday and you know what you'll go yeah do you know what yeah go on go on go on and you'll be hurling away also I'm more likely now to take up my tie <laughs> than, than hurt you here again alright quickly before uh, we uh, hand you over to Alan Donovan for green on red uh, Cork City of course uh, kicking off their season on Friday they are at home to Shelburne on Valentine's night Dylan McGlade is one of City's new signings he's been speaking to Ryan Dylan I suppose if you want to just give us just a quick overview how is the team feeling ahead of the start of the new season yeah I think uh, it's going really well like pre-season's pre-season you know what I mean it's there for running and getting fit but it's also there for everybody getting to know each other and getting to know how each other plays and stuff and I think the more that we're playing together and training together the more you can see people are starting to get on the same wavelength and obviously understanding how the gaffer wants to play and stuff like that so uh, it's been going really well and I think all the boys are gelling it's a great, great group of lads so it's easy you know what I mean Good, good. What would you say is kind of the mentality between you all kind of in the change room there? Um, I think we're a, young, we're a young group. I think we were talking the other day and, and I think Chops is the oldest at the moment, Garoud. So uh, it's kind of going to be down to, I think, people like myself and, and Chops to kind of be the more uh, older players in the group and bring the boys along. But as you can see, like we have a great group of lads from Cork there, some young, hungry guys, and I think that will kind of really help us uh, they'll have a lot of pride playing for their hometown and mix them in with a couple of boys from outside and people that want to do well I think we'll have a good group of lads there going forwards Physically Dylan how, how are you feeling in terms of your own fitness ahead of the new season? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very good like pre-season is tough as, as it is but this has probably been the toughest one I've done so far under Joe Gamble and um, like the boys are hating the running but at the end of the day we're, we're, we're feeling fit you know what I mean it's getting it's getting easier we played a lot of us played 65 70 the other night and felt fantastic you know what I mean so that's a credit to Joe and he's he's really managing uh, the schedule well and, and the loads well and we have tough days and then we have days where we need to lay off a little bit and then we have tough days again so he's doing a really good job and I think all the boys are looking fit and strong and, and just eager Good stuff. Um, I suppose just in terms of 2020, I suppose what what are your own goals and maybe the goals of the the club as a general, like the Cork City's goals. But first, as a player for yourself, um, I think personally, I have this, I have the same goals every season. I want to hit double figures in in goals, um, and I want to play well, and I want to make sure that the team is 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 playing well as well. Um, realistically, I like. I like exciting the fans and stuff like that so that's something that I look to bring in and, and but obviously have something on the end of it at the same time and I think as a team going forward I think you can't put any real expectations on, on the season everybody knows what type of season it's going to be it's a rebuilding season the Gaffer's putting his, a new stamp on how Cork City are going to play football um, it'll be exciting it might not work sometimes but at the end of the day I think in the long run it's the right, it's the right way to go um, we're, we're not going in thinking that we're going to lose every game or we're going to struggle and stuff like that we won't struggle it, it, teams will definitely underestimate us and I think that'll play into a factor to us and I think like I said previously with, with a good core group of young Cork boys who 
want to play well for Cork City and want to do well for the for the county, I think it will really help us drive on. You've mentioned that there's a lot of young players in the squad and that there's a, a kind of a rebuilding and experimental season ahead. Is there a particularly a particular style or brand of football you think you're taking into 2020 or is that kind of a, something you need to work out as a team together? I think definitely if anybody that knows Neil Fenn uh, from previous knows football that he wants to play it's a expansive high pressing exciting attacking football and I think obviously people that maybe have not played that type of football before it will take a couple of the lads a couple of weeks to get used to it and understand how the manager wants to play it's kind of um, easier for me because I've played on the nail before I know exactly what he wants so obviously I'm trying to help guide some of the younger lads along and, 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 and let them know what, what needs to be done but I think the fans will definitely be excited 100% um, there will be a lot of good football attacking football possession based football um, but at the same time we, we, we have a very high intensity press and, and we'll be looking to get after teams we're not going to be sitting in and feeling sorry for ourselves we're going to go out and we're going to try and attack teams and, and win the ball high up the pitch so it's something that we've been working on a lot and hopefully we can bring that into the season that kind of possession-based and kind of high-aggressive type of football is obviously very physically demanding. Do you feel that in training and in these pre-season games? Do you feel like there's a lot being asked of you? Um, not really. I think, like I said uh, already, Joe, is, Joe has been doing really well with the fitness and stuff like that. And the boys are feeling strong. And, and they're putting a lot of work into the running because they know they need to be fit to, to keep up with that style of play. And everybody wants to play at the end of the day, so everybody wants to be as fit as they possibly can. And it is physically demanding, but it, the rewards you get from it is, is much better. They're like a 20, 30 second high pressing to win the ball back, and then we, re, we regroup and, and, and we look to move the ball and we get our rest then. So I think. The running coupled with the tactics and stuff like that, I think it'll, it'll, it'll lead to a very exciting type of football being played. Yeah, certainly looking forward to, to Cork City's uh, new season kicking off this Friday night as they take on Shelburne, the old rivals coming to Turner's Cross. And that was a uh, new signing there, Dylan McGlade, uh, ahead of new campaign. Friday night, Valentine's night, down the cross. What more could you want, Tomas O'Leary? Yeah, well, like I said yesterday, I was speaking to Colm on the show and I said, no, I probably won't be going, but my wife was giving out to me, so maybe uh, she'd be happy with a Valentine's Day date in, in the cross yet. <laughs> I'm taking you out, love. Oh, great. <laughs> Can't wait. Where are we going, love? Uh, we're going to go to uh, the cross. Yeah, so, where is that? Is that a new restaurant? No, love. I'll get her a jersey as well. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You know how to show a woman a good time, eh? Exactly. She's a lucky girl. Yeah, it'll be a great night down at uh, Turner's Cross. It's my wife's birthday on Valentine's Day as well. Are you heading? Um, <laughs> if my wife is listening, love, I might be at the match on Friday night. I'm sure that. You're working, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, that might that'll go down very, very well. Uh, sorry, love. All right, we're pretty much out of time. Thanks very much indeed uh, for tuning our way on the big red bench on this uh, Sunday evening. Uh, Storm Kira has passed. To played havoc with fixtures today, uh, so hopefully looking forward to get back to another busy weekend uh, next weekend. Our podcast will be online shortly. Get that on Big Red Bench. Uh, you can get that on redfm.ie I should say you can get the link on the Big Red Bench Twitter page as well and uh, you can follow us there as well and check out our Instagram as well There's plenty of stuff on there and uh, plenty of audio as well on redfm.ie forward slash sport from the uh, Red FM Hurling League launch which happened uh, earlier on uh, last week or last Thursday there's plenty of audio from the clubs there in that game we're back next Saturday and uh, Sunday from 6pm no Six Nations next weekend 
Um, so uh, Ireland uh, taking a, a break before that battle with England uh, the following week. But Munster certainly back in action and taking on the Southern Kings on Friday night as well. So trafficking, parking will be at a premium around Turner's Cross on, uh, on Thursday and around Bellavihan as well with those two games happening at the same time. All right, uh, that's it. Alan Donovan's up next with Green and Red. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening, folks. And uh, we will talk to you next Saturday at 6 o'clock. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.